Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello, Jark. I feel like we have to say hello to Jark too. If even we can't though... just ignore him. Yeah, I feel like that's I rude. Can. <laughs> wow. He doesn't say hello to us. It's easy to ignore him. Yeah. But that's. <laughs> are you saying that people who are non-verbal can. are not worth saying hello to? Listen, I left Tumblr like three years ago. You can't do this to me. <laughs> I did actually recover my I, I did actually recover my Tumblr the other day, but only because I was in the middle of telling a very lengthy shaggy dog story and I couldn't think of anything funnier than disappearing entirely from the platform for two and a half years and then coming back to continue telling a very long shaggy dog story. That is funny. That's true. Okay, so where were we? We were in the White Forest, at the north of the world, which is ruled by a frost dragon, uh, and is also home to Ember and Trick. You've been making a a brief visit of a week or so for the marriage of Trick's eldest child, and to tie up a degree of emotional loose ends. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say. I think that's uh, fair to say. Your plans now, I, as I understand them, sometimes chaos does happen to me, but as I understand your plans, you're intending to head uh, south and west to the city of... Not Grisgard, that's where you are. Eisenbrook, to the city of Eisenbrook, where this campaign started out, lo these many years ago. Uh, and hopefully uh, do something about Terpsichore, whose bones have been there for some time now. Uh, But first, before we leave the White Forest, on the morning when you are planning to make tracks, uh, Maynard, you are the first awake. Probably not the first awake in the entire village. Someone is up milking cows, surely. But... You stumble out of sleep and pull on your boots and head out to take in the morning air, driven by a kind of itch that you recognize as belonging to the forest. Not an aggressive one, not something you couldn't resist if you had some reason to, but a a gentle summons that you've probably been expecting to some degree mm-hmm. so you take a stroll across the field toward the tree line and 
wander along it in much the same way that you might wander uh, along along the tideline of a beach. When you're not going too deep, you're just letting your toes get wet and taking a stroll. It's a very crisp morning. You feel like you can see further through the air than normal. And one of the pine trees at the edge of the village fields has a big flapping sec, uh, uh, has a big loose section of bark that's flapping in the breeze, uh, to which you feel a certain draw. You take a hold of the bark from this tree, inspect it. It swings wider under your touch, and the inside of it, the, the soft inner layer of bark, uh, peels away in your hand. And looking closer at it, it's this thin, slightly flexible, slightly soft, naturally grown, but paper-like layer of inner bark. And it has, across its surface, what initially looks like random dark patterns made by beetles or or the way the tree's grown or the weather or, or something. But as you look at it, they resolve into arcane symbology. Uh, and you realize that you could use this uh, essentially as a scroll from which to learn some cantrips, which have otherwise been inaccessible to you. Uh, it seems that your, your recent activities, including uh, making use of your pact magic uh, to save someone's life recently, uh, have strengthened your bond with the forest, and you are now a level three warlock, and uh, have received the uh, the uh, pact of the tome boon. It was supremely cool. <laughs> that was very cool. I've never heard of a, a, a um, an in play description of receiving a book of shadows. That was very nice. Yeah, you got a book of shadows now. It's like a spell book, but different. So you have a spell book and a book of shadows, which is twice as many things you can lose. You're going to love spells I've chosen as well. Oh, good. <laughs> I look forward to chaos. Okay. So Maynard, having received his book, um, I don't think anyone had any specific plans uh, before you left. I think you sort of tied those up last episode. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So it's really, are you heading directly to Eisenbrook? Or are you making any stops along the way? It's going to take you about a week. I think notionally we were going to stop, um, see if we can stop at a uh, pass through a mining town. Um, because we still need diamonds. At the diamond, we do still I think. need diamonds. Um, roll me a... There is no geography check. I guess it would be history. I love history. I'm no, very good religion. at it. Religion's the one you love. I know. I rolled a 16, <laughs> so um, I love history. Oh, that's pretty good for history. Um, like, the Halfling Flat is not great mining country. Um, your best place nearby... Your, best, your, your, your nearest place uh, would probably be uh, the college, but that is a bit of a detour. However... Uh, Eisenbrook and its surrounding country are up in the mountains and are probably a better place to find diamonds than anywhere you're going to meet along the way, to be honest. That's fair. And it sounds like Eisenbrook is a big town from my perspective, so... 
Eisenbrook, from your perspective, is is huge. Yeah. I mean, you've seen Vanguard now, which is actually quite big. Mm. So it's not that big, but it is definitely bigger than Fosberg. I think I'm assuming in my head that it's the same size as Vanguard. <laughs> and it's a little smaller, because um, it's not the local capital, but it's a fairly substantial city. Yeah, uh, having a little think about the local geography, I'll suggest it's probably not worth diverting further north to try and get up to the mountains, since we're going up into mountain country anyway. Yeah. And also to a fairly large town, so... Yeah. Might as well just go for it. I hear no objections. I therefore assume that there are no objections. <laughs> it is a Sounds fairly... Like plan. It's it's a fairly pleasant uh, few days of journey. Um, although it is, um, you know, the the year is turning towards autumn, um, but it's not late in the season yet. So although there's a bit of rain and the winds are a bit higher and chillier than they would have been earlier in the year, uh, it's not it's not difficult to travel in. It's not particularly unpleasant. Um, you have a couple of days first crossing the easy country of the flat which as the name may suggest is quite flat and then your road starts to climb as you you get into the uh it's not at this point a sharp mountain range but the country in which eisenbrook lies is um a kind of high plateau over the flat you have um, some of you been here before, and uh, Ember and Rill, uh, you are quite familiar with the uh, the walls and spires of Eisenbrook. Uh, Maynard and Trick, I think, have come here once each when you came and left the bones of Terpsichore in the first place, but you've not, not been here. You know regular. what, that's true. That's yeah. true, I forgot so I think that. you have all been here that once, and... and, and uh, Ember and Rill more times than that. Um, and after about a week's travel, uh, you are trudging along the road, uh, along the river, up towards Eisenbrook itself. Um, you have some idea of your way around. Um, the first task on your list, I believe, to be purchasing a startlingly large diamond. Yes. Okay. Um, who who's taking the lead on that that errand? I'll take the lead on that errand. Okay. Uh roll me in this would probably be investigation. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh investigation is plus zero. Um I was expecting to need charisma. Um I'm rolling now. It's just taking a second on my dice rolling app. Mmm. Mmm. Hmm. Mm? That's that's these are, good, these are good noises, Moss. That's a one? Oh, oh, no. oh Ember dear. gets us so lost in this city. We've been here way more than everybody else. <laughs> I, I think what it is, is Ember is thinking in terms of, well, I need diamonds, and you get diamonds from mines. <laughs> and has therefore ended up standing outside of a mining supply shop, sort of looking blankly <laughs> at the pickaxes and going, this hasn't worked. 
I don't not sure where I went wrong, but this is not what I was looking for. <laughs> In my defense, Ember is not smart. It's been a long walk. Uh, <laughs> Ember is tired, their feet hurt, and they don't need a pickaxe, and they're very confused. Would someone else like to have a go? <laughs> yeah, perhaps I should take a look around and see if we can find something else. <laughs> uh, what am I rolling for this? Perception? Uh, investigation. 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 Where did you go? There you are. Well, guess we're getting even more lost, boys. Um... <laughs> Because that was a net one, which adds up to a seven. <laughs> it's it's not even that you're lost. It's not even fair to say that you're lost. Rill has just given up on today. It's been a long walk. You're all lost. You're all cranky. You're all tired. You're going for coffee. Yeah, yeah fuck it. We're going for coffee. Right. You have You have made no progress towards finding a diamond, but consider you have coffee. Yeah, we wander around looking for a diamond, and then Rill goes, "Oh, you know what? We need to show them the the geode. Geode, yes. Yeah, we need to show them the geode. They have to have some some proper coffee, and right. we will go. Yes, we will go to our favorite our favorite little coffee shop in this town. <laughs> uh, which, for those that have not been to it, is of course a drow diner uh, near the cathedral. Um, it, the uh, the, the cafe room is underground. It's all extremely civilized. There are cushions on the benches and they sell uh, drow coffee, which is made from mushrooms and tastes mm. absolutely nothing uh, like anyone else's coffee. It's delicious. I think this is my favorite running joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got to compete with the slugs. Uh, the coffee doesn't want to kill us. Yeah. So I have to say it does win. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you will keep barging into giant slug society and murdering them. We one time. <laughs> you, you are... Well, I, will not, I will not presume to rule on whether you are enjoying your drow coffee. Um, but you talk it over as you are experiencing your drow coffee. Uh, and you decide that your best bets for obtaining a diamond of the size you need... Um, you probably wouldn't be very lucky trying to go to a jeweler um, because it's such a hefty bit of rock that they would usually break them down further to put them in jewellery and then you would have to probably buy the jewellery rather than the gems and it would end up a lot more expensive. Um, your best bet for the kind of diamonds so big they're magical reagents that you're looking for uh, would be, you know, there is a magic shop in town in the sense of a place that sells enchanted items and wizardry supplies. Uh, you mm. could probably find your way to that if you asked around. Um, alternatively, um, either the um, cathedral or one of the other temples in town, um, the clerics might have the size of diamond necessary for a resurrection. Um, if you could um, persuade your way around them, that might be an approach. Persuasion? I am good at. <laughs> I mean, it does strike me that if the, the temples, if any of the temples have such a that's thing what on I hand, was thinking. it's okay. probably some. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is that the opposite, that it's probably something that they are not keen to not have on hand in an emergency, you know? 
Mm. However, they might be persuaded by some funds. By some smooth talking adventurers. Yeah. A cleric. <laughs> and uh And perhaps yeah. a promise to well no. I don't want a promise to come back. We haven't been back here in a while. Although I guess it's really only been like what It's been a few months. Even even setting aside that you ended up spending about a month in uh, Stonewalker's realm. It, ha- it has been a few months oh, right. since you left here. Yeah, it's been yeah. since the... I think it was sort of late spring when you left, and now it's early autumn. Okay, yeah. So our best bet is offering some funds and and talking very nicely to them. Yeah. At temples that you... um really in particular would be aware of um there's the cathedral which is uh dedicated to the singing flame um there is a fairly large church of the thread mistress um and a small one to the sleeping queen there is a joint temple to the messenger and she who walks in starlight uh, which is housed in what used to be the temple to dawnstar but dawnstar's uh, no longer with us uh so the drow uh, missionaries have taken it over as a uh, messenger and maiden church. Uh, and there is also churches to uh, the Scourger um, and to Featherwind. I think you I think you once spent the night at the Featherwind Temple. It's um, just inside the walls of the city um, and is popular as, as a stopping place for travellers before they leave. Ember well, is a paladin of the Singing Flame, so we may yeah, have luck are. with them. I will remind you also the bishop, the guy. I think bishop of the singing of the singing flame is, I believe, um, Terpsichore's girlfriend's dad, uncle. Which, like which may help or oh, uncle, you're quite right. Which may help or not help. <laughs> That's more of an out character reminder rather than something trick recalls. Hmm. I think I think Ember and Rill at least probably would recall. That, that connection. Yeah, we did meet him. I don't, um, did you? I, I think we ran into him once because we went there for some reason. You went there a couple of times. You you did run into um, a dwarf there, but that's a different guy. Yeah, no, that was after we kept um, failing to hop the fence several right, times. Right, but that I was that time. The whole <laughs> reason we were trying to hop the fence and whatnot is because. Terpsichore was not on good standing with Annette's uncle. Was was it Terpsichore? Well, it, yeah, you were arriving at five in the morning and you had a werewolf with you and it was a whole thing. Oh, God, the werewolf. forgot about the werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was a minor, a minor if, issue in your complicated lives was that time you had to smuggle a werewolf into a cathedral. Listen, this, it's going to be a lot easier this time. We're not going back in with the werewolf. This time you don't have the werewolf. Yeah. We'll just ask them very politely if we could please have a diamond and hope they don't remember us. <laughs> Our best chances are with the singing flame. And I, despite whatever Annette's uncle might have thought of Tripsichore before, I think they're the best hope that I have with persuasion. I agree. We can head there first and 
Hopefully that pans out. If it doesn't, we can always try another church. Uh, Perhaps we ought to briefly speak to Annette first. Like, let her know that we're in town before we talk to her uncle so she hears it from us and not him. Does she not live on the grounds of the church? She does. She lives in the bishop's residence. That's um, what I thought. She lived in, like, a basement room thing, right? Yeah, because the halflings, the, yeah. Lower floors are higher status for halflings because they're all scared of heights. Fair enough. When you're when you're three feet tall, hey, I you know, <laughs> sure. I mean, real being a person from underground should should appreciate this. Oh yeah, he appreciates it. Yeah, I just remember like I have this vivid sense memory of Tipsikri like laying belly down like to to woo Annette or something. Like through her her basement window. It's great. You can just sort of lie on the grass. Well, let's head on over there then. Okay. You you finish up your I don't know paninis. Mm. Drow paninis. I I have not defined them. <laughs> I'm not going to. They're drow paninis, and they, they differ in drow ways from regular paninis, but probably not very much because most of the people who eat at the drow diner in Eisenbrook are not drow. It it has it has been substantially surfacized. It's probably got mushrooms in it though. Mm. But you you finish your lunch, which has uh, restored all of you to a, a more functioning level of brain and body. Sometimes you just need to sit down and some lunch, uh, and you make your way to the cathedral, for which you do not need to roll investigation because it is it, it is by some way the tallest building in this city and the central tower is visible from most of the city so you can find it it's great you know where it is uh it is currently daytime because that reduces complications for everyone it's probably about 3 p.m which is why you were all in such need of lunch um so both the cathedral and the cathedral grounds are currently open that is, the, the large doors in the cathedral are open for uh, people to come and go and pray or visit the shrines as they see fit. And the uh, cast iron gates into the grounds are open because uh, during the day it functions as a sort of a public park to some degree. Um, if you tried to play ball games or get rowdy, you would certainly be asked to leave. But if you just want to take a stroll underneath the trees, you are welcome to do that. Uh, and the bishop's residence is set in the grounds. Uh, so it is up to you. Um, whether you're going to the cathedral or or uh, trying to find a net. I mean, don't look at me. He's your friend. She's your friend. Trick is trick is not verbalizing this, but also, <laughs> someone else surely should have a better idea of what they're doing here. Probably Amber, being the pageant, the singing flame, and all, and not walking into like the other side's place. No way, Helm. Same side. No, it's the right side. It's the right side. Yeah. yeah. I cannot make this call for you. Uh, I vote we go and find uh, Annette. The allies have it, I guess. Um, so you, you you take the pleasant little stroll through the cathedral grounds, which are not huge. Um, they're large enough to set the buildings apart, and there are some some trees and some patches, some areas of grass that would be quite pleasant to lie on in warmer weather. Um, but it's not like a sprawling campus. 
and it is not difficult to find the bishop's residence because it's the biggest and nicest looking of the buildings that are not the cathedral itself. Uh, there are a couple of other uh, buildings in the area. Um, there's what appears to be a, a builder's yard um, where there are some masons working um, and a couple of uh, less impressive uh, planar buildings um, which may function as, as dormitories or something of that nature but the bishop's residence itself is the only one other building of uh, significant decorative value uh, also you've been here before so that helps um i are you trying to find a net's window i say merely offering you the option or are you knocking on the front door knocking on the front door I figured you probably were going to do that because it's a much more sensible thing to do <laughs> uh, at three in the afternoon. It's weird to go try and find someone's bedroom window. Um, the door is answered um, by someone in uh, servant's livery um, who looks at you uh, inquiringly. Can I help you? In. Sorry? Is Annette in? Uh, yes, uh, she is. Um, shall I ask her to come up? Yes, please. Um, you can tell her that Ember and Rill are here. I'm sure she'll remember you. Um, they don't, like, slam the door in their face, but they are going to shut the door again as they go and find Annette. Um, Annette will let herself out and, and come to the door. Hi there. It's, it's been a, a little while. It's taken us some time and we've been across the map um, as we've been on this holy quest, but also on the quest to raise the funds for the diamond needed for the resurrection. Um, but we have those funds and um, are able to acquire a diamond. Um, but I wanted to let you know that we're here and that we have the funds. And I also wanted to ask if uh, if you think the Church of the Singing Flame would have a diamond that they would let us purchase from them for the purpose, or if your uncle perhaps would not want to for this particular... Oh, I, I don't know. I, I think he usually does have one in, in case of circumstances. But Tapsikari wasn't one of ours, is the, is the thing. But then you are, so it, it might be worth asking him. Because, well, you belong to the Singing Flame, so that might be enough to, to let you use it, uh, even right. though Tapsikari wasn't. Um, well, then... I had better not... I don't think me being there would be more persuasive. Fair enough. He never really did approve. Yeah, I, I understand. Um, but I thought that you should hear it from us that we were here. Oh, I, 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 I appreciate it. I wouldn't have wanted to be surprised. Should I meet you in the crypt? Sounds like a plan. Okay, uh, well, let's walk over and, and I'll, I'll wait down there and you can, you can see if, if, if Bartholomew will, will tell you the diamond. That, that makes sense. And she'll just sort of grab her coat 
from from inside the door and come over with you um, to the cathedral proper. Um, and Annette will um, point out to you um, the, the appropriate set of stairs that will go up to the bishop's office, um, and then she will uh, head down into the undercroft to wait for you there. Um, if you wanted to split the party um, and some of you go and wait with Annette, that would be perfectly reasonable. Don't know if that's what you wanted it. That sounds that sounds good to me. Um, I'd, I I I would I would happily go and wait with Annette um, rather Maynard, than mobbing Arvel and me. Maynard, would you prefer to come with us or to stay with Annette? Um, it seems kind of personal, so I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take in the crypts with, uh, with Trick. Never seen okay. me. Um, yeah, I mean, you, ha- you haven't. It's, the, the Undercroft here is essentially a basement, uh, a, a vaulted uh, masonry base, um, divided into lots of little chambers by pointed archways, which are almost certainly architectural rather than decorative. Um, This is a space that is partly within the foundations of the cathedral and holding it up. Um, There are many niches in the walls between the various chambers. Some of them are large enough for whole bodies. Uh, Some of them have got uh, shrouded figures in them. Others are more sort of 18-inch squares uh, into which bones have been placed. Hmm. Um, Like uh, many uh, places, uh, the people here do bury their dead, um, but you rapidly run out of graveyard space, or at least rapidly in cathedral lifetime terms, run out of graveyard space if you bury your dead. So after the dead have been buried 20 or 30 years, they end up here in bone form because they take up less space. Um, And Annette will take you to the the niche in which Terpsichore's rather odd-looking bones are. They are not quite the normal colour of bones, and they have fine cracks all over them, like like cracked eggshell. Uh, Meanwhile, Rill and Ember... uh, you have made your way um, to the upper floor of the cathedral, uh, to a, a, a small, a small corridor that, uh, to the upper floor of the cathedral, uh, to a small corridor of rooms near the chapter house, uh, where the bishop uh, is currently in his office with the, working with the door open, on some manner of paperwork, uh, at his very well made and appointed desk, which is nonetheless, from your perspective, quite small. Because uh, Bishop Bartholomew is a halfling, and uh, even for a halfling, he is uh, very short. Um, Honestly, if you put him next to Trick, it's more of a sort of a third. Because you can see, he he sees these two unfamiliar people at his office door looking nervous and shy, and he gets up to greet you, and you can see he's about two foot eight. And uh, very round. Uh, but his office does have some U-sized chairs, um, which is promising as he uh, 
comes over and, and uh, reaches up to uh, shake your hand, Ember, uh, and says, Welcome, welcome. I don't know if we've met, but you seem to be one of our paladins. So uh, regardless, uh, welcome. Um, what brings you to Eisenberg? Uh, would I know his title? Would it be reverend or something else? Uh, that would not cause any offense, yeah. Or, okay. or you could address him as, as Bishop. Up okay. to you. Um, Bishop Bartholomew, um, my name is Ember. I, well, we are on a holy quest of the Singing Flame. And in that quest, we had lost one of our friends and are hoping you might have a diamond that we could purchase uh, for the purposes of resurrection. Come in and sit down. Let's let, let, let's let's talk this over. Come 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 and sit. And they do so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he settles back into into his seat with his feet not touching the ground. We do have a diamond of that sort. We do try to keep one on hand. But, but that does make me a little cautious of of expending it on uh, for for purposes the singing flame would not support because it can take a little while to source another one. If we needed it in a hurry, we'd have to go begging to the thread mistress. And much as uh, I like Bishop Madeline, uh, she and I do not see eye to eye on uh, religious priorities. Mm understandable um may i ask what what quest you have been sent upon it's quite a lot to explain and i worry that it might change the way that you see the world in a way that you're not prepared for if i cannot handle that i am following the wrong god <laughs> fair enough well, we... <clears throat> the war is in danger of another war. Another great war. And we've been sent to prevent it from happening, in short. And we... In, in doing so, we must find the source of... Or the, the, the start of the first war. Um... And so we've been sent on our quest first to learn and then to act. And we are getting ready to act. And I fear it might be dangerous. And I don't wish to leave any promises broken before we go act. And I promised that I would return to resurrect our friend, who, truth be told, I believe you are familiar with. Oh? Um, their name is Terpsichore. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I know them. Knew them. So now I imagine some of my nervousness makes a little more sense. Um, it, 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 it does. I... Mm. But also... I'm sure you can hear the urgency in my tone. 
We did swear to resurrect them, Bishop. It's very important to all of us. I can see that. My my quarrel with Tepsikiri was never of a nature where I would wish them dead. It arose perhaps from protectiveness over my niece, who, truth be told, is old enough not to need me to make those choices for her. Ember gives an understanding nod. I, I will let, let you have the diamond, but tell me first, you are on this quest to resolve whatever unfinished business the gods left from their war. Is there anything that we can do toward the same end? We are looking for ways into gods' realms and looking for portals. If the Church of the Singing Flame knows of any existing portals to god realms, that information might, well, it would greatly help us. Dead god realms, specifically. Sorry. He, he was looking very excited, and his face kind of falls. Ah, well, uh, we certainly have a one or two ways to access the Singing Flames realm, but they are very much alive. Ah, uh, yes. Dead ones. Uh, you might have more luck with your people. He looks at, at Rill. Uh, we were never, uh, at least in this country, very... Um, we did not have a strong pantheon before the war. The churches were more or less separate, so I don't know very much of the gods that were lost there the internal workings of their church, what they may have known. But as I understand it, the drow gods, your churches were more, more unified beforehand? They were, that's correct. That was going to be our next stop if we couldn't find that assistance mm -hmm. here. I, I, uh, I wish I could help with that, but I don't... If we have any, it will be buried in, in the old histories and probably not reliable. We do our best, of course, but... No matter how good our copying, things are not always recorded accurately. Unfortunately, I'm not sure of other ways you might help at this time, but may I send word if we learn? Of course, of course. Otherwise. Or if you need any, any religious help that we can give, uh, don't, don't hesitate to uh, drop, a, drop the word or, or send a letter. Excellent. I'm not Thank you. wholly without some... Uh, some temporal power if you should need some influence brought to bear. That is good to know. No doubt you want to get to work, so let me find that diamond for you. If you... I hesitate to ask because you are one of ours, but if you are able to replenish the funds that this diamond takes, it would be appreciated. We don't have an infinite supply of them. Thing too. And and are able to. Um, how much exactly do you require? How big is this diamond? Is it a thousand gold? I'm pretty sure that's uh, what it was. Yeah, I think it's a thousand gold. Um, I believe these are a, a thousand gold equivalent gems, but I understand if you. <laughs> yes, if if you are able, then we will we'll appreciate anything you can contribute towards it because it's. Uh, more than the budget really has 
Or at least I have to account to the Synod if I want more. And he's going over to his desk and uh, opening a a fairly a fairly um, securely locked, probably magically locked drawer, pulling out a little little velvet pouch which contains, uh, you assume, the appropriate diamonds. Can I say retroactively that we had arranged the funds as needed to bring yeah, 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 yeah. with us? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you, you stopped and had lunch and rearranged. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Um, which we'll need to discuss exactly what the split is, but we don't need to do that this instant. Hmm. Um, but yeah, okay. Ember's not, I, I think you were trying to give me a chance to bargain with him, but Ember's not trying to cheat their church. So you, you, you pass over some amount of platinum and gold and, and receive in return, um, a large diamond and the bishop's blessing to, uh, go and uh, perform your ritual um, either uh, there is an appropriate space uh, you are told in the undercroft uh, one of the rooms is sort of set up um, usually for f sort of memorial and farewell services but is also appropriate uh, for use for the resurrection if you want it or if you prefer to work outdoors you are free to um, to make use of a spot in the in the cathedral grounds, and he leaves that that up to you, and uh, and I wish you the the very best fortune in in your work. Thank you. Singing flame be with you. That's a terrible sign off, but you know. <laughs> I did not work out the liturgy. <laughs> Fill in the liturgy for yourself. <laughs> they probably have one. Congratulations, you have a diamond. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, um, I think the little room that you mentioned sounds like a good place to perform the ritual. Mm -hmm. So you make your way back down to, to the Undercroft, and um, having, having had it pointed out to you that this, this space exists, it's not difficult to find. Um, and it's just one of the, the little sort of, the little four square spaces between a set of pillars, rather than having grave niches in it this one has there's some cushions and some chairs around the room and there's a, a low wooden table um not quite an altar but of that kind of proportion with a, a clean white tablecloth just draped over it um, which has little symbols of flames and, and butterflies embroidered around all the edges which looks like it's probably the place where people have the sort of the very private funeral services that that you wouldn't hold in them in the main church annette yeah. is um is putting a brave face on things but clearly quite emotional um but will help you uh lay out the bones if that's what you want to do and we we have someone who can cast the spell right we weren't trying to hire uh, someone. I, I believe mm. last time you had this conversation Annette said that she could get somebody. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because real, real can't do that yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, See, I was right here. I know, I know who that somebody was. Yeah, so what, what Annette said last time was that if you couldn't cast it, she might be able to talk her uncle into it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
double back. It's fine. <laughs> well, we've got, we've got, we've got a messenger. Wait, yes, worshiper. So, I mean, if there's any church, if there's any church that will help somebody resurrect their dirtbag boyfriend, like. <laughs> You do know some of the priests at the messenger and maiden churches in the city, Real, if you wanted to go and uh, cover your embarrassment by trying the other lot for the priest to work it. <laughs> I also feel like lugging ourselves across the city for an hour would be, like, It's not an hour. Lot. Right? Um, I mean, I was assuming you would leave the bones here. <laughs> yes, 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 obviously. Um, I mean, it is it is up to you. I would suggest that you are a person of reasonable insight and that Bartholomew's willingness to resurrect Terpsichore might not extend to actually resurrecting Terpsichore. Fair enough. Like, he might be able to talk himself out of doing that somehow. <laughs> he let himself be talked into it, but he wasn't thrilled. Like, he would never, he would never have personally murdered Terpsichore. But there were certain advantages no. <laughs> to Tepsichore being dead. <laughs> mm. You are free to go and try your hand at it. I merely present the reminder that you have alternatives. I like the sound of the alternatives. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll, we'll go over. I'm so disappointed because now I have to improvise a resurrection ritual. Oh. And I was not prepared to resurrect anyone today. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, and then I will sit back and and Chris will do the hard work of nope, performing real the ritual. Nope, can't resurrect people yet. Not people that have been dead longer than a minute or ten days. That's his, that's his limit. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. You know, you could you could just make you could just make real like describe how the ritual goes. Honestly, that is that is fair. We can we can skip to the point where uh, so. You are not able to get on with things quite as fast as perhaps you would have hoped when you remember that none of you can cast this spell. And Annette's only suggestion was that, well, Bartholomew can, but if he didn't offer, given that it's Tepsichore, he probably doesn't want to. And it might be worth going and seeing whether your, your own, your comrades at the Messenger and Maiden Church could help before going back to Bartholomew. So there's a certain degree of back and forth across the city, um, but uh, both of the uh, current head priests at that temple can in fact uh, cast the ritual you need. Um, so those are Scrollkeeper Arave is the messenger priest, um, and there's Starwatcher Kisroth is the uh, she who walks in starlight, the maiden senior priest. So the messenger is your god. The maiden is generally considered the god of romance. Well, they're both sort of romance gods. The messenger oversees secret assassinations and notes passed through windows and things like that. And the maiden oversees love unto death and uh, star-crossed lovers. And um, if you like anything to a dangerously obsessive degree, including other people, then uh, the Maiden is the god for you. Mm -hmm. um, so it's um, either of those people will be willing to come and help, um, given that they know you and you've been on some kind of holy quest for a while, and now you're asking for a resurrection, and you have the diamond, so all they have to do is come and, and do the work, and do they the are yeah. quite happy to do that for you. Um, 
So it's up to you um, which god you would like to call upon for the resurrection of Terpsichore. I think we'll we'll go with the messenger, um, just because that is also probably the person in this situation that real knows best, because he did live here for a while when he was first in the city. Yeah, quite reasonable. Yeah, you you have worked um, with Scrollkeeper Arave. You never had a sort of regular post at the temple because you were always here on your own initiative rather than having been sent by by the hierarchy. You were never sort of formally attached to the temple um but you have more than done your share of carrying candles and waving incense and taking your place in in ritual ceremonies on the day-to-day so you are you are familiar with Gorgu Arave and have been to quite a number of services and helped with those services uh, that she's presided over and she will join you in the Undercroft, uh, the appropriate time for uh, rituals, uh, any sort of ritual like this, with either the Maiden or the Messenger, um, is after dark. Um, but as it is turning toward autumn, you don't have to wait for too many hours for that to be true. And uh, Rill will we'll bring up the facts that um, because we don't know how they're going to come back whether that's going to be as um that's an elf or not we might good need to do this outside we'll wait till it gets dark as appropriate for this sort of thing and is there a is there a place that we could do this and he looks at uh, annette since she'd know the grounds better oh there are uh, some there's plenty of space just in the grounds itself uh i i think i know yes i know i know a spot and um sort of carefully collecting up in what is functionally a borrowed shroud uh from the cathedral stores tepsichore's bones to take outside and there is a space um that sort of not in the mathematical center of anything but a space uh, in the middle of the lawns where there is a number of uh, mature trees and um, some stone benches that have been um, just placed between them to make an, a, an informal gathering space. Um, very much the sort of place where you could say, it's such lovely weather, let's go and have the sermon outside. Mm-hmm. It, it is quite... You, know, you, are, you are laying Terpsichore's shroud and her bones just on the grass because it's not set up with that kind of formal formal altar arrangement but uh, it, it is an appropriate it feels very correct to you to be, to be <laughs> resurrecting them underneath the trees feels appropriate as well it does have that certain it's the, it's, it's the wrong season is what saves it from being too eerily similar as a uh, Scrollkeeper Arave comes and, and joins you, and she's dressed quite simply uh, in, a, in a, to you, familiar um, dark blue habit um, with trousers underneath and a, a white veil. There's a white embroidery along the hems of her habit. And she bows to you and turns and bows uh, west. As, as the resident drow, uh, would you do the honours of telling us what this ritual looks like? To spare oh, me boy. from narrating this entire episode. 
I have to think about this for a minute. That's that's fine. That's totally fair. If anybody else has suggestions, I am I am open to them. Um, I think there's probably some difficulty with working out where to put the diamond because usually you might put it in the hands or something, or like on their chest. And like three stones are just so jumbled and weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think there should be candles sort of lit and placed carefully on on benches and things around. Mm-hmm. Um, astrology. Oh yeah, yeah. Some consulting the stars for the right way to do it at this particular moment, sort of thing. Right, we have to wait for the right timing. Um, yeah, you have to orient appropriately to the constellations. Using the candles, you mark out this sort of little sacred space out on the lawn and lay out Tetsikari's bones as best you can. And they are all disarticulated, um, but you at least you know what a skull is. You know what spine pieces are. You can't fully reassemble this into an art, in, into a skeleton without more time and more anatomical expertise than I think any of you have. But you can approximate the shape of a body. Annette is trying to keep a handle on herself. She doesn't. She's not enjoying this this part of the proceedings. Have I dropped out? Has everyone just fallen quiet at the same time? Everyone went quiet. It's <laughs> <laughs> tense thing. So not an substantial portion of the time is taken up by establishing the space and consulting the stars and laying out the body. Yeah. And then laying the diamond amongst the bones as the reagent for the resurrection. Yeah, and, and Skullkeeper Arave, in, in addition to sort of the candles and things, is working through a, a gentle murmuring liturgy for some amount of time it's quite repetitive it's quite gentle a uh, sort of a low chant which doesn't require very much call and response but is um even for those of you who don't speak under common it has that cadence of a formal and ritualized set of words and for those who do speak under common um you you realize as you're listening to it that this is not actually undercommon. This is an older and more formalized form of the language that the drow spoke when they first went underground. Um, it's related. It's one of the languages that went into the mix of undercommon, and you can understand many of the words. Um, but this is a a high formal language rather than a day-to-day one. By the time you're done with all of these preparations, um, the moon is finally starting to rise. Scrollkeeper Arave will um, kneel down by the well by the skull. The head is a little little generous in this case, but but you know. We'll, we'll take her spot near the head of the body and uh, look to you uh, as people who knew Terpsichore in life and explain that this does not guarantee that anyone will come back. 
this spell will only work if the soul of the dead person is free to return and is willing to return. And neither of those are things that Scrollkeeper Arave can control. Nor are they things that you can control. And if your friend does not come back, it will not be your fault. But if they do come back, then your willingness to still be their friend will have been part of what persuaded them. And you are given a few minutes to make your private prayers or pleas to your own gods or to Terpsichore to try and and persuade the soul, if it is not willing, to become willing to return. Annette, of all of you, is probably best prepared for this, but is also going to do it privately and silently as she sort of takes she will kneel down um, next to the scroll keeper and just rest her fingertips on one of the bones. And you can see her mouth is moving, but her eyes are closed and she's, she is praying uh, privately. It's up to you whether you are. I'm not going to require you to roleplay aloud what you say to Terpsichore, but I give you the opportunity. Terpsichore, we were a team, and more than that, we were friends. We are friends. And we failed you. We were meant to protect each other, and we couldn't do that. But I hope that we can make up for that failure by bringing you back here today. And Rill is praying silently to the messenger to um, bless this attempt at resurrection to make it go smoothly and painlessly say some silent prayers to the to the singing flame in addition to mm. their plea to tripsicree which was allowed Tr trick is standing off standing off to the side awkwardly <laughs> <laughs> and mel as tripsicree you have been in a formless place for a timeless time you have been since the fight that killed you, drifting in and out of something that can nearly be called consciousness, but there is nothing around you except the sense that something ought to be here. You're not cold. You're not hungry. You're not tired. There isn't enough of anything for you to be those things. And it's as you are floating in that absence that isn't even darkness that you hear Ember's plea to you, and you hear Annette asking you to return, saying how she misses you. I just miss you, and I want to, to run away with you, and, and, and if you don't want that, then, then that's fine, but I want to know that you're out there doing it even if I can't. Please? And you hear... Rill, not speaking to you, but the familiar sound of Rill praying, and someone you don't know speaking a language you don't know, and you feel the sense of a door that is open, and you know that it is entirely up to you whether you go through it. Oh, the moment I sense that it's open, have enough of a sense of self to conceptualize moving through it, I am through it. 
<laughs> so what the rest of you see as you have as you finish this this period of individual prayers is scrollkeeper Aaron a finishing the ritual and the last section of the ritual involves more formalized liturgy and a passing of her hands over the shape of the body that she has laid out from the bones and making these ritual gestures, not quite arcane gestures. It's not the somatic component of a spell in the same way. These are formalized religious symbolism. But she is just patiently working her way down each arm and down each leg and then up the spine and finishing once again at the head and praying over Pepsichary and inviting them to return to the world. And you see a warm orange light start to spread through the bones and shine through those eggshell cracks and the disarticulated pieces rearranging themselves in little shifts and rolls to more perfectly fit together. And as this body of light is starting to build around the bones, they're only humanoid very briefly, and then they keep moving and rearranging. And by the time that they flare into full reality and you can no longer see bones because you see the living being, this is no longer an elf. This is, in fact, a phoenix towering over all of you and flapping its wings for the first time since it left the Fire Realm years ago. And Terpsichore, what do you do? Um, in a voice which it has been experientially some years since I have used, which is um, loud because I am, I think, at least 20 feet long at this I point. I believe you are, in, in mechanical terms, bigger than a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you're, you're, you're big, um, but not mechanically large. You are bigger than that. Let me look up exactly how stupendously large a phoenix is. I believe they're colossal. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. Um, you are, in fact, gargantuan. Gargantuan, there you go. The eaves of the buildings start singeing a little bit. You are, yeah, you are mm -hmm. just enormous. And this enormous bird, like, cocks its head, taking in as many of you as it can with one gesture, and there is the incongruity of this like tremendous voice, like a voice that emerges from the roaring of fire, um, saying, Who died? You did. I got better. <laughs> and then I want to um, lean down, and I want to rush to Annette and embrace her, but I can't because I'm very large and I made a fire. So I settle for sort of folding my legs down under me so that I can bring my head down to more like eye level, which is probably more or less just on the ground. 
um, and say, I'm sorry for hiding things from you and frightening you and everything, being careless. Um, you, you did do quite a lot of that, yeah. Um, hi. I'm really glad you're not dead anymore. Me too. You're really big. You're really small, in fairness. I always was. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You've grown since. That's also true. I would ask you inside, but I don't think you'll fit. I don't think I will. Um, I give you a ride somewhere, but I, I don't think you'd survive it. She looks so disappointed. <laughs> um... I could get a blanket for for a saddle. Maybe. Is it rude to saddle people? It's probably rude to put a saddle on people. I wouldn't mind. You can put a saddle on me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It has been long enough that we have mythologized Sikri and forgotten that the the, the core like character concept that I began with was (laughs) dirtbag. And that is is readjusting to the reality, yes. I think I I think yeah no no I I am just made of fire I don't think I really have a choice about that um, yeah I'm um, I'm looking through the the phoenix character sheet and I think it's one of those things of being made of fire doesn't cause problems in the realm of fire where everyone's immune to fire mm, you you yeah. probably have. A, a core body, like your feathers are probably just fire, but you probably do have a core body, it's just that your core body is also, in some sense, fire. Mm. <laughs> More solid fire I mean, than is usual for fire. Uh, I mean, I can, like, I can, like, fit through a ring. So, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I it's believe... fire all the way down. I think it's fire all the way down, some of it more flickery than others. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, well, you know, we'll we'll work it out. We'll enchant something. People do come to the to the elemental plane of fire. Uh, but I'm glad I'm back. Me too. We are going to have so many people coming to ask questions in like thirty seconds. Yeah, I should think so. I am sort of braced for that and looking around. Yeah, I'm just trying to sort of stall until Chris is able to get back on mic. That's fair. For Rill's immediate reaction to suddenly actual Phoenix before the mob accidentally chases you off and you take the flaming pitchfork with you. Mm. If it helps, if I die again, it will be. You won't have to go through any. You won't have to resurrect you, although you will form an incendiary bomb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think even if you smash the egg, you'd might just banish me because i don't think i'm a native outsider anymore although i know it's not a real thing anymore but shut up it it works for conceptualizing things conceptualizing yeah this is probably (laughs) the largest display of raw power that maynard has ever seen in his life Mm. and you know he saw a dragon that's a queen so he's he thought he was very (laughs) awestruck he was a very awestruck and just sort of waves demurely at Terpsichore. Yeah, Maynard has seen a dragon that is a queen. He has seen the huge augury birds 
in the realm of Stonekeeper. He has accidentally released an angel uh, from its prison, <laughs> but he has never seen a gargantuan bird of fire that is flirting with a halfling. Ember is oh. also awestruck. Ember was expecting a change, but wasn't quite expecting, didn't know quite what to expect. <laughs> and was not fully prepared for the 60-foot f- bird of flame situation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you're back, though. Yeah. Yeah, wait. Hang on. I'm looking around, counting people, and, like, there's the slight question of, who are these people? Um, but there's the other question of, where's Oh, I was really hoping I'd remembered um, the name before I got Lucia. to the... Yes, where's Alusha? What happened? Alusha left. Alusha had some things to figure out. <sighs> okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Um... Still around. Just elsewhere. Um, this is my sibling, Trick, and this is our new friend, Maynard. Well, not so new anymore, I guess, but n- new to you. Hi. So, you're Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah, no, um, no, I'm a, I'm a gnome, I'm great at illusions. Well, it's funny you should say that, because we've met a gnome who was pretty, I assume, probably decent at illusions. I mean, by reputation, gnomes are pretty good at illusions. Hey, actually, there's a point. I wonder if I can, and then I attempt to cast Alter Self. Um, <laughs> uh, I say it, some it, verbals. And you I say some verbals, out. and you make some gestures, like, with your wings. Um, and it looks and sounds deeply impressive, because when a bird of roaring flame is clearly attempting to cast magic, it's very impressive. Uh, but it doesn't work, which is a shame. Mm. You feel a... a uh, a deep and instinctive familiarity with your body, um, such that you <laughs> may no longer be uh, what you were turned into, and may instead be a phoenix mm. again. It was sort of to be expected. Yeah, I, I'm sure this is not the most surprising outcome. I think it's quite disappointing in the moment, though. And I'll, I will swing because I think I, I have to sort of. There's a there's got to be a large radius around me to sort of you are you are ruining the lawn. Um. Oh, absolutely! It's dead. It's dead, baby. That poor groundskeeper. I have had the final victory. <laughs> yeah, he disapproved of you, but you have just wrecked this parkland. <laughs> I'm sort of imagining the bishop sort of staring out of his window. Absolutely, he is. He he was working late. He was still in his office. (laughs) He is now looking out the window of his office, pinching the bridge of his nose. (laughs) Muttering. Sorry, someone is literally running right above my head. I can see it picking up on the mic as well. Um, So just like swinging back around to to Ines and saying, okay, listen, I think... I think I can arrange some sort of... We could probably arrange some sort of basket situation. You know, if you're far enough below me. <laughs> I could carry you places at least. I can take you anywhere you want. I don't think I'm going to... I don't think... 
the wicker picnic basket is going to be the best one. No, we might have to. We might have to commission something. Might have to be chains, not ropes. I think probably, yeah. Oh, who have we lost? We have lost Moss. That's all right. We're vamping, waiting for Chris. We are just vamping. <laughs> you're going to just like edit this down to type five. That's the plan. Um, I'm sorry. I don't really know what to say because I want to hug you and I don't want to kill you because oh, then I'm going to have to have, go through this whole thing again. It was a really expensive diamond, so best not. I was kind of hoping I was just going to hatch. Actually, you I was really hoping. While. Huh? You were bones for a while. Yeah. I think bones I mean, normally I, hatch. I suppose in a broad sense, if I thought about it, I'd, you sort of hope that you'd be, you know, gathered, I thought I was going to be gathered up by Featherwind and carried off for my heroic deeds and so on. Directly what? to the God's realm. Yeah, didn't. So, obviously, when you were walking around with with Rill and and Amber, you you weren't gestures like this. <laughs> how did you how how did you take the form of a person? I mean, you're a person, but you know, a, a, a witch. A witch did it. Um, actually, I think technically, I think technically, she's an oracle. Um, I was c- cursed. I mean, not not cursed. Like I, I think I'm just saying. I think it's technically a curse. Is all. Um, I was um, enchanted uh, to be an elf. Basically, um, there's not much more to that. It was sort of to sort of you know get away uh, from things. Um, um, probably not right away, especially because sort of the threat scale has changed. But there are probably going to be some warlocks after me in the, you know, medium-term future. Just FYI. Or what? What do you mean, or what? I mean, what for? Oh, uh, to kidnap me, I imagine. Which will be harder now. Although I, I... they can probably banish me now, um, which would be easier. And I make, you know, the gesture is sort of like doing the sort of weighing things up gesture. Um, but with giant flaming that wings. That with like enormous wings of flame. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I've, I, I, I've, I, I've most recently been acclimatized to the habits of a humanoid body. It's still. Um, you keep being surprised by your own being giant and made of flameness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like taking the VR headset off, and suddenly you've got to revert to real depth perception. Yeah. I wouldn't know I have powerful astigmatism. <laughs> <laughs> Which is particularly inconvenient when you are a 60-foot bird of flame. Now, fortunately. <laughs> um, Chris's paperwork is taking a while. Yes, it's fine. Uh, anything else you want to know? I mean... I'm sort of out of hiding at this point, so... And in a moment of silence and expectant pause, there is... It's supposed to be sort of watch, eh? It's not really for anyone else to hear, um, and unless anybody speaks primordial, um, at least they won't understand, but it's just... 
quietly thanking um, thanking Featherwind for setting me free to wander again, and uh, yeah. and also a prayer of thanks. That's that's that one's a little impromptu and improvised, and there's a more formal one dredged from my um, tuition. Um, giving thanks, uh, giving thanks for it's the prayer that you say after you hatch. Mm, um, yeah. And it ends of course with may he listen because it, it's not really a prayer for Featherwind. Um, really it's a prayer for the Dawnstar. Dawn yeah. And it occurs to you to wonder whose realm you were in. Oh no. I, I mean, you assert that. I'm going to make a religion check. <laughs> I've still got my character sheet. Okay, maybe it does. And not, not, not to the point where you have any certainty. It just occurs to you to, to be unsure where you may have been. Hmm. I think I'm definitely a little wary of like just taking flight. Also, you know, I need to arrange things. Also, I don't have a lot to fear materially, except for like one of the very powerful clerics around coming and beating me up. And at least at least one of the very powerful clerics in town has just resurrected me. So, you know, I'm probably okay in the immediate time. But if I take flight, somebody might think that the, um, you know, 20 foot long bird made of fire is a threat to the city. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm doing a lot of standing around. The powerful cleric who has just resurrected you it has has the air of someone who is simultaneously uh, not intruding on a, a, a private moment uh, and very politely not physically taking notes. <laughs> I will but like. It's definitely watching you with the air of someone who would like to be taking notes, who's will... mentally establishing some facts. I will turn to them and, and first off, say thank you. Um, I know that's not easy. Um, I can't imagine it's easy. Wait, stop. And then there is like a moment of like, there is a moment of uh, vertigo almost, you know? Um, mm. It's a thing in, um, as I kind of like swing um, a little um, incautiously, but swing towards, swing towards um, Will and say, why didn't you do it? How, how long? Have, no. Hmm. I, I say, and then remember that Chris is not here. He's We're just not like, able to answer at this um, moment. No, no, it's fine. Uh, okay, so so uh, that, that 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 thing can occur to me sometime later. I'll turn to them. I will ask the this priest as like. So, I thought, I thought when we, I thought when we died, we were supposed to go. Well, I mean, through the, um, through, uh, I forget his name, God of Death, um. Because I'm not tricked, Merciful and luck. so I don't need to euphemize it. Merciful Sorry? Dark. Ah, yeah. I mean, the Merciful Dark's realm, probably, I suppose, but now the just taken up by whichever god lays claim to us, if one lays claim to us, I think. I say, as someone who, like, really only learned, really learned this is a very, like, a very abstract thing, being mm. a member of an immortal species. <laughs> Um, why didn't it didn't seem like I was in Featherwind's realm? It was just sort of a lot of abstraction. 
Arania sort of takes a couple steps back and braces her hands on her hips and looks right back up at you. Um, which is clearly going to give her a crick in the neck if she does it for too long. Um, <laughs> and says, I don't know exactly where you were. You should have gone through the Merciful Dark's realm to wherever it was you were supposed to go, but no one seems to be handling that anymore. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Oh. The records that we keep uh, at home suggest that this ritual is less reliable than it used to be. Ooh. Okay. Welcome back. Thank you. I am whispering. I'm absolutely whispering at like the quietest I can go because as I become increasingly aware that that's quite loud still. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to stay very still because I'm I'm naturally very animated. Um and I am getting increasingly aware of but the more you flap about the more things you're just going to set on fire. Yeah. And the more people are going to hear your entire conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Hello, I'm Beth. What are Hello, we, 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 we've had a long time and then got on to talking about other things. Uh, where did we leave you? <laughs> what was uh, the last thing you remember? Uh, 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 <laughs> giant Phoenix Tipsickery was being gigantic and we were estimating how big uh, she actually was now. And we landed on Gargantuan, I believe, Gargantuan. which is bigger than a dragon. Yes, so. it's bigger than a dragon. Um, so we'll, we'll, I will slot things into some kind of sensible order. Uh, while while editing, um, mm-hmm. Tabsikari, I think, first had a conversation with Annette that was like, hello, I'm back. Right. And a <laughs> bird, and sure. Firebird, sort of, yep. Right, and has then uh, turned to, to to the rest of you in turn. So I will, I will edit in, it in, in some way that makes sense, but do you want to have a touching reunion? Yes, well, I was going to say Rill is absolutely hugging Tipsickery, but... Uh... Um, <laughs> so Rill gets to within about three feet of Tipsickery, and then is reflexively pulled away by his own desire not to get burned by... Yes, the, the boy does literally have, um... fire. Yeah, this, some, he has some um, survival instinct. <laughs> yeah, like... The reflexes, like the same thing that pulls your hand away from a hot stove, kick in before you can actually hug the phoenix. Sorry. I mean, listen, technically, technically, you only take 1d10 fire damage just for touching me. You could take that. <laughs> I mean, in the physical sense of you could withstand he, that. Is there a corporeal part to this form that he could actually hug, or are you literally there's just... Extremely dense, there's extremely dense flame that doesn't appear to be operating under normal fire rules, and it is possible that some of this flame is solid enough to be huggable. But it is, crucially, still fire. Yeah. I think you might have a hard time fighting your survival instincts on that one. Yeah. So might because difficult. I don't think you know that you don't take 1d10 fire damage. I don't think he does. I think he's seen a giant flaming bird made of flames um, in the middle of this churchyard and going... Well, the grass is fully catching fire, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we should probably move away from these trees. Well, um, it's, you know, it's, it's wet grass. Nothing is dry enough that the fire is spreading. It's just that the, yeah. the grass immediately underneath Terpsichore is going to have to be replaced. Yeah. I'm trying very hard not to make the 20 by 20 foot space that I am occupying also contain like anything particularly flammable. Um, but that's quite difficult because it's a 20 by 20 foot space. The edge of the stone is all we're saying. Mm. 
Um, so in the midst of like, you know, I am, I am being distracted by saying my hello agains to other people as well. But then there is like a moment of me like kind of like suddenly like snapping my head around to you as I realize one, we're back in we're back in Eisenbrook. Two, that is a that is a different cleric who is not you. Even though I had some vague idea that you could do some sort of resurrection thing. Three, you have like new companions since I last saw you. Four. Real, why didn't you do the resurrection? Why didn't you bring me back? I and I realize how that sounds now. <laughs> it it took too long. The rest of us were unconscious, and by the time we woke up, I couldn't do it. There is a vertiginous feeling of lost time. I'm so sorry, Tipsecary. How long have I been dead? About three months. More like six. So, about <laughs> six months. Okay. That's actually not so bad. <laughs> I kind of, like, <laughs> grasp my way back this. towards... I kind, of, well, I kind of grasp my way back towards... I think this is my first... My first cycle of life. Um, mm. But nevertheless, like... But even so, you, you would have expected in the normal way of things to be an egg mm. uh, for less than a week. Maybe oh, as much as a day, but one d six days. Oh no, that's lo- that's much shorter than that. Not very really. long at all. Um, okay, in that case, if I say that's not that's bad, that's more of a that's more of a way of lying. Um, <laughs> um, oh, that's uh, um. Remind me, I think when I left off, we already had like a big dramatic divine quest going on, right? Right, and you did. we're okay, cool. still on it. Um, how's it going? It's had its ups and downs. Good. Well, I mean, I... And journeys to other uh, planes of existence. Oh, well, I mean, haven't we all? Some of us more than others, yes, apparently. I think I might have been in... in, um... in the Merciful Dark's realm for a while. What was it like? Uh, It wasn't. It was kind of like, it was kind of like almost waking up for a very long time. And it is impressive to see a phoenix shudder. There's a lot of, um, it's, it's, it's more like a ripple of flame. Like someone had squirted um, liquid fuel across my back. Sort of thing that makes you wonder where the breeze came from. Hmm. There wasn't anyone else there, or, or anything? I, I, I attempt to recall any memory of sense whatsoever. You strain your memory, and there's... It's hard to put anything together, because you don't... Time wasn't passing, or wasn't passing right. There might have been something beyond where you were floating. There might have been sometimes a sense that direction existed or or was possible, but not where you were. Mm. I try for a while, and then I kind of make this make a shrug and say, "I don't know. It wasn't really like anything. There wasn't anything there. It was barely existing at all." 
I don't think I can get drunk. Would you like to try? I don't know how we'd even try. Mm, I think Trick has some um, medicinal alcohol on them. Trick gives you the most dubious <laughs> look you've ever seen, but also will reluctantly surrender their their jar of um, their jar of um, um, uh, tonic. Right. And- Roll, roll me an intelligence check, Rail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm having the same thoughts. <laughs> oh boy, let's see what his modifier for this is. Uh, da, 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 da. uh 15. If Terpsichore currently has inside guts, which you're not certain about, there is no way that high-strength alcohol would make it past the beak without catching fire. It is not. You you don't think Tupsikari can swallow this as a separate no. question to whether they can get drunk on it. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Real thinks about this for a moment, and then hands Tupsikari back the the tonic. Trick. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, Trick. Trick retrieves it gratefully. <laughs> this very precious and it's the amount of. Um... Of tonic, of tonic, of tonic, of uh, tonic wine, which must be stretched out for quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, you did recently refill it, but who knows when the next chance will be? Yeah, ace the suggestion, um, <laughs> and just like just you, just like very, never more like oh, I can't do all sorts of things now. I had other things. I definitely can't go sailing. And that looks up at you as it's. But you can fly. I can fly. I could That's fly cool anyway. I could already fly. <laughs> I just worked it out again. <laughs> you, you are all becoming aware that mm. although many people wish to keep their distance from the oh, giant yeah. flamey bird that's burning the lawn, you have a lot of onlookers. Um, the bishop has come down from his office and is doing a certain amount of crowd control work along the lines of, yes, it's fine, don't worry about it, it's religion, everyone is safe. Not attacking the city, it's... <laughs> Look, very peaceful, we have a visitor, everything is fine. You've got two clerics yes, and a paladin yes. out Glory there. Yes, to the singing flame who has sent this flaming bird. <laughs> who um... has sent this big fiery douchebag back. <laughs> To bother right. my niece again. Yeah, this I is not this making this elf. man like Tipsicary anymore. Gotta right. say. <laughs> and Bartholomew <laughs> was expecting an elf, and suddenly this is going on. And and his job is very clearly to prevent panic among the populace, but he doesn't know what's happening either. Uh really is going to look at uh the scroll keeper and ask, is there any way you know of that we could get get her back in a body? One that, you know, isn't on fire, yeah. hopefully. Give me a minute. Um, Scrollkeeper Arave is doing the uh, clerical equivalent. Nods in a way that he's, he knows that this is a big ask of somebody they've already asked yeah, a lot of Yeah, she's looking today. up at this bird. She's doing the clerical equivalent of counting on her fingers. <laughs> For, can I, in fact, do anything about this? Uh, which is being uh, cover for the DM looking through the things clerics can do mm-hmm. spell list uh, 
to see if there's anything likely to be able to do about this. I I feel like it's been established that the that the thing that happened to me was something of a no, 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 absolutely. Error. What I'm what I'm yeah. checking is whether there's anything on the small level of this will last an hour. Mm. I don't suppose one of the things Phoenix, phoenixes can do is uh, possess anything, can they? No, no. What? No. No, that's fine. It's just we've had um, we've had that happen uh, while you were gone, and it was on my mind. Okay. No. What do you mean you've... Okay. No, I can't possess any... I'm not a ghost. No, I know. It's just, uh... <laughs> it's a long story. I was uh, possessed. Uh, I died, sort of. It's a whole thing. Arania finishes counting on her fingers and says, I could ask them to come and visit again later. <laughs> but I can't do anything about them being here now. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. I mean, as long as I can come back later, probably. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty easy. Topsicory <laughs> now a valid target for planar ally. You beseech an otherworldly <laughs> entity for aid. The Amazing. being must be known to you. Amazing. A god, a primordial, a demon prince, or some other being of cosmic power. Subsidiary being another being of cosmic power. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, you could, um, you could put. I, I believe I am. I, I was, I was expecting there would be more restrictions on it, but no. I could be polymorphed. Yeah. Right, unfortunately, Aradia can't polymorph. It's not a cleric. No, I know. No. Not a cleric <laughs> spell. Uh, uh, maybe she can't, but. Possibly the other one can, because I don't know if trickery domain is covered. <laughs> mm. uh, in any case, I think right now, like, I, it was kind of, I mean, the way it was explained to me, I think it was pretty taxing the first time around. Um, also, in, at this point, I'm probably pretty well set to, you know, uh, um, uh, brutally kill any warlocks who try and stop me. Um, so I probably, I'm probably okay like this for now, to be honest. Um, Rill realizes they might have to, uh, explain what's going on with the whole Warlock thing, um, <laughs> i.e. <laughs> Maynard, <laughs> sooner possibly than later. Look, how many nipples does Maynard have? This is the important question. Hey, can you, can you repeat that? The thing that Chris said, not, not the thing that <laughs> I need to explain what's going on. That Maynard is also a warlock before um, before Tipsery uh, possibly takes it the wrong way. We should probably wrap up this episode just for time. Mm. Um, and given that we do not actually have to keep a phoenix standing around in a churchyard for a week because this is all in the imagination. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we might as well call the episode with you looking at a phoenix and the phoenix looking at you and you all trying to work out what to do next. <laughs> but the good news is they're alive. Come Out and Play is a real play podcast project, all trans, all the time. 
You can find us at CAOPcast on Patreon and on Twitter, and at our website, comeoutandplay.games. If you're trans or non-binary and you'd like to get involved, drop us a line. And as always, if you enjoy our show, share it with your friends, and if you don't enjoy our show, share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is how a project like this gets attention, and we just love attention. It's like, what if the Little Mermaid, but the Little Mermaid was a dirtbag? <laughs>